Hi, this is Katie with Bountiful Living, and this is kind of a hey, what's up episode. I realized that I probably don't take a lot of time to just say hello and chat about the weather, but honestly, if we were sitting here in real life, I wouldn't do that either because I know and recognize that every person sitting in front of me's time is very valuable. And so I typically am always getting down to business. And so I wanted to take a little moment. This is not an episode like the ones that we've previously done. I wanted to give you a little bit of a heads up as to what is coming down the pipeline. We're going to shift gears a little bit. I'm not finished talking about Job, but honestly, there is so much theologians don't even know about him. And even today, as I was preparing for this episode, I was reminded of why we never use the internet to really give us answers about God's word. I'll get back to that here in just a minute. I'm working on an episode called time for truth. We kind of looked at mercy and how we need to begin with love. We need to begin with compassion, but that doesn't mean we stay there forever. That's a place that I have been guilty of in the past, that I had so much mercy and so much compassion for people that I would never tell them the truth. And that is not good for us, guys. We're never supposed to be in a place where we think our poop doesn't stink. Sorry for that. I mean, that just came out, but honestly, there's really no other way to say it, okay? Um, We need to learn, though, that it's not about our truth. It's about God's truth, and we should always speak that truth in love. We should wait for the right timing to do it. It's not when a person is bleeding and wounded. Uh, There is a time for truth, though. And I can't wait to share some really good personal experiences um, because I'm definitely the person that's veered on the side of mercy. And I have other people in my life that have veered on just truth. And we're learning together that we can sharpen one another and grow this biblical principle because we're not necessarily perfect about this. We're human beings. We're, We're learning to grow in the grace and the knowledge of Jesus Christ and not say the same, but to let his word do its work in our lives. I also am preparing on a history of Job. You guys, he is such a fascinating character and a wonderful protagonist for us to answer questions that I hear from people all the time about why we suffer, why good people suffer. And even for people who have felt like looking at the Old Testament, that it's intimidating or It's just full of the law or just the history of the Jewish nation. How does this apply or relate to me or relate to my life? There's so many reasons the Old Testament is good for us to learn from and to read. And while there is little known of Job's history and origin, most theologians agree, and so do I, believe that Job is a Gentile. And here's what I mean by that. Gentile, the basic definition of it is a person who is not a Jew. So while there is some unknowns about where Uz actually is located, they do believe that it was a place of trade kind of south of Israel, more in the place that became Babylon, because Job, of course, is ancient, ancient history. And so it's a lot before some of the more developed nations that we know about from the book of Daniel or some of Israel's later history. So Job is very, very ancient history. And while there's things we don't know, there's things we do know. He definitely descended from one of the sons of Noah, but he's not technically considered 
to be descended from Abraham or a part of the 12 tribes of Israel. And if you're wondering why does this matter, why is this significant, it shows God's character. If you've ever thought God is someone who doesn't care about mankind, this tells us we're wrong. And as I was talking about earlier about doing research on the internet, I was like, who, you know, just trying to, even for this episode right now, figure out who Gentiles were in the Old Testament, there was no no results coming up. I already knew in my own mind from my study that I know of a few. Ruth is one. Another is the widow at Zarephath in the region of Sidon in 1 Kings 17 when Elijah was fleeing Jezebel and he needed a place to stay. These are people that brought God brought in to his family. He has cared about mankind since the beginning of time. He has pursued mankind since the beginning of time. This shows how much he loves us and how he desires to rescue us and have a relationship with us. And he obviously had a relationship with Job since Job was considered to be blameless, upright, fearing God and turning away from evil. However, he's not technically a Jew. He's not technically someone living in Israel. So this is exciting because we're getting to look at this from a new perspective of how all of the Bible is for us. It isn't written to us or about us, but it's for us. God has always cared about every person in the world. And while he chose Abraham's family to establish his covenant and to present the hope of a coming of the Savior of Jesus— God's word, every bit of it, is for me. It's for you. I can't wait to talk more with you guys about that. But since I'm still doing my research, we're going to shift gears. And I have an episode coming out tomorrow called The Burden of Too Much. And I don't have all the answers (laughs) because this is something that I'm learning and something that I'm growing into in the last several years, and especially since I've become a parent, because anyone who is, I'm sure you know, has kind of turned your world upside down. And as your children ask questions, I also began to question, like, why am I doing this? Why or why? Yeah, why? You know? And so I'm going to start sorting through some of those shifts in our mindset of how do we practically have a kingdom mindset in 2022? What does this look like for our home? What does this look like in our traditions? How do we establish proper priorities? How do we celebrate? How do we give our finances to God? And when I think about kingdom living, there is so much on my mind that it's hard to even know where to start. So tomorrow, we're starting with clutter because that's where this concept, and I I began to even hear the Lord speak to me as I was ordering my home. Because I don't know how you go about things, but for me, when I have a problem, I want to solve it. And the first place I went was to parenting books and any resource that I could find for help. And for example, there was a book I read about sleep that I probably read three or five times over and over again. And Even with the book saying, five million sold, helping all these people. Guess what, guys? It was not working for me or my family. It wasn't until several years later, after a decade probably of raising my children, I had a friend mention to me that the Bible is our best parenting book. Concept I had never 
even thought about because while within the pages of the Bible, I haven't found how to get a baby to sleep or fail-proof ways to potty train, what I did learn in God's Word was the character of God. A shift to a mindset of a kingdom mentality of how to be a servant. I learned how to be patient, how to be kind, how to serve my family, and how to endure. And in a study that I did on Isaiah a few years ago, all of it is true. That whole book is about how God is parenting Israel. (laughs) It shows his compassion. He's a compassionate parent. His justice is slow. He provides. He gives second, third, and fourth chances. He sets the rules, and he shows us how to live. And a beautiful thing about God is he actually puts all these laws in place, not to be like up there going, you better do right, you know, but he actually wants us to get along. He wants us to be at peace. He cares about us being kind. And God's word shows us consequences for when we have strayed off the path because he has called us to a life of holiness. He's the one setting the standard and we are to be holy as he is holy. So God knows I have not walked any of this out perfectly. My community around me has seen me stumble and fall and cry out in frustration. But God's word has proven to be everything I need for how to live. It tells me who I am. It tells us who we are and our reason for living. I discovered kingdom living because the way of the world was not working for me. My children are unique They are unique interpretations created in God's image for his glory. Their situations are unique. I am unique. You are unique. And in the beginning, God created us in his image. He breathed life into us. Much of the New Testament is written about just how to get along and how to be part of the body of Christ. And Jesus prays for us as believers to be one, to be unified, as he and the Father are one and unified. So I feel the first way to get this unity is we need to die to ourselves, die to our flesh, and recognize we are a part of the body of Christ. We are each his hands, his feet, his head, his heart. And like we need these unique pieces of our own bodies— To be human and function, like if we were walking out even without a toe, I don't know if you guys have ever broken a toe and how it throws you off kilter, or if you maybe have lost a limb or have had eye pain and you can't see out of one eye or your kidney begin to fail. We need all of these unique parts of the body to function. So Jesus shows us how to live. He shows us how to function as a whole, as one So that is a little brief introduction into the concept of kingdom living. And some of the times you will find that I have found answers. And if I could rewind the clock, which we can't, that I would do things differently if I had a second go round. So I hope that in my own trial and error that you can gain some wisdom for wherever you are in your life. Because this applies to everyone, no matter what your family makeup looks like. Because kingdom living is for all. It's a shift out of the ways of this world because God has set the standard for how we are to live. Let me pray for us. 
Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that we can go to its pages and find life, peace, instruction, guidance, hope. Lord, I pray that we would be students of your word. That not that the things of this world are all terrible. We have definitely learned wisdom and knowledge through the people in this world that you've created, but God, that your word would be first and foremost, that it would be the standard, that it would be what we hold everything else next to. Lord, I pray that we would begin to learn to operate knowing that our identity is set in you, that we are created for a unique purpose. You give us a hope, you give us a future because of your son, Jesus Christ, not just in the here and now, but in eternity. Thank you for your love for us. And I pray that anyone who is listening today that doesn't know you, that they would call upon your name, that they would repent of their sin and trust in you, in Jesus' name. If you have made the decision to follow Christ today, find a local Bible-believing church and share with somebody because this discipleship is so important. This is not the only place that you need discipleship. You need local accountability wherever you are. And if you're needing more about how to walk through the steps of salvation and what those words mean and what it means to be saved, go to the website at bountifulliving.net.